Hey, After Buzzers, before we move on to your next topic, we just want to say thanks to our sponsor, Anchor. If you haven't heard about Anchor, it's the easiest way to make a podcast. Let me explain. It's free. Plus, there are creation tools that allow you to record and edit your podcast right from your phone or computer. Also, Anchor will distribute your podcast for you so it can be heard on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and many more. Plus, you can make money from your podcast with no minimum listenership, and it's everything you need to make a podcast in one place. Download the free Anchor app or go to Anchor FM to get started. Presented by AfterBuzz TV and hosted by Hall of Fame superstar Sean X-Pac Waltman, this is X-Pac 12360. And now your host, right, Sean, WWE Hall of Fame superstar Sean three, X-Pac two, Waltman. One. Welcome to X-Pac 12360. Finally back. Yeah, last Tuesday it was. There was a lot going on down in Orlando at the Performance Center and... Uh, I could not, could not, uh, could not take the time to uh, call in for the show. Sorry, everyone. It's all good. It's all good. How, well, at how least you guys been? didn't get all the way here and then have me. <laughs> I kind of had a feeling. That's why I texted you beforehand. But either way, I mean, major news coming out for NXT, especially the day that you were there as well. What was that? They're going to be on the USA Network. Oh, yeah. Do you think that people might still see NXT as the minor leagues now that they're on the USA? Maybe. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, I just think they're going to see them as different, though, more than anything. Right. And I honestly think that, um, this is my prediction, within six months they're going to beat Raw or SmackDown in the ratings at least once. Interesting, yeah. Oh, yeah. Because I think, yeah, within my experience. Maybe sooner. Maybe way sooner than six months. Yeah, seriously, yeah. But it's it's tough to convince mainstream fans or casual fans that that these guys are on the same level when when it's easy for them to just say, well, why aren't they on Raw? Why aren't oh, yeah. they on SmackDown? So I'm hoping that, yeah, this kind of elevates them into, into like you said, just being a third brand, having two hours of live primetime TV. Um, and, yeah, I, I'm hoping that, that that convinces people, you know? Yeah. Yeah, I really do. Like, I'm not just saying that to try to hype up, you know, sure. the, you know, positive attitude or whatever <laughs> and just to being uh you know not uh just being optimistic like i i honestly think that that's going to happen yeah i really do yeah absolutely absolutely all right WWE is launching a podcast network. So coming from the podcast aspect, that's really exciting. Yeah. Um, they're going to be featuring several series that are focused on WWE superstars, wrestlers, and content. The Bellas podcast is already named one of the podcasts that will be part of this. Uh, do you have any thoughts? Uh, they mentioned it to me a couple months back. I know, mm-hmm. like three or four months ago. Not that this was going to happen. I was just waiting for the announcement. Um, that's I don't surprise it didn't happen sooner. Right. That's all. Now, like I did see something where, I don't know, somebody's like Conrad said the days of the, the golden era of, po- of wrestling podcasting is over. I don't see how that's true. Right. I don't see, I don't I, I don't get that. Yeah, huh? I feel like no matter what, I, if anything, it's going to get hotter, I think, especially Maybe. now with, you know, AEW coming in and sort of adding that aspect of, you know, competition. People are going to be wanting to tune into these podcasts and be like, what are people saying? If anything, I think that it's going to add to the hype and the conversation surrounding pro wrestling. Yeah. But I think I think one of the things that people might get wary of is like, is is this going to be, you know, like, um, 
corporate approved uh, podcasting, you know. That's I, probably going to be a little bit of, uh, a little bit of that. Right, 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 right. And I, I think, think so. it'll I think it'll still be good. I mean, I think there's still so much content on the network that takes us behind the scenes, you know, with without completely mm-hmm. wrecking the the illusion, but I think that that might be what people are kind of worried about. But I think yeah, I think there'll be plenty of others even outside of this network, you know. Once yes. again, it's it'll just it'll be good for everyone. I mean, I'm not like I didn't look further into it, you know, in the con, you know, the supposed Conrad's quote about sure, that. Sure, sure. Um, but I just I don't know if 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 he means like okay, we're not going to have as many guests on the. I see. You know, available mm-hmm. for podcasts that aren't on the WWE Podcast right. Network, or I don't know. I'm not sure, but. Um, Interesting. Yeah, I just, yeah. I'm not sure how that affects like outside wrestling podcasts. Yeah, but maybe it does. I, I just I'm not seeing it yet. No, huh? All right, so let's go ahead and shift into some AEW news. So All Out is on August 31st, this coming weekend, and we had one of the matches change. Kenny Omega will no longer be facing John Moxley because John Moxley essentially has MRSA, which MRSA. is a sta- which is a, a staph infection in his elbow, and he got that during the G1 and is obviously going to be out and cannot face Kenny Omega. But he now has a replaced opponent, which is Pac. Hey, so. Uh... Yeah, MRSA is way is is way more serious than just regular staff. Real bad. Yeah, you, you can die from mm. MRSA, and I've heard like I've seen some people with like oh it's, it's not like he has cancer or something. Well, the only the difference is like cancer is not contagious. I mean, well, for the most part, right? right? Uh, um, some people think you know like I don't know. Oh fuck, I'm about ready to get off into the weeds. On <laughs> anyway. Um, boy, my fucking mind's all over the place today. So, um, MRSA, why it's so yeah, serious? No, I know. Yeah, um, that's a big deal. And it's, I've, I mean, there's been other cases of this lately, and I'm concerned, like, you know, uh, when you're going around and, and you're doing shows, like outside shows that maybe aren't, um, you know, you don't know when you go to a certain promotion, like, are they cleaning the rings, right. like the canvas? Because a lot of times that doesn't happen, right? right. And th- I mean, um, I'm concerned about, like, this. Thank God they took him out of this and didn't just try to cover it up. Yeah, exactly. Like, and just, like, pretend, like, you know, maybe cover his elbow, whatever the fuck. Mm-hmm. Was it his elbow or something? Yeah. 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 Was, it's crazy that the same thing happened with Ricochet when he was supposed to do the thing with us at the Raw reunion. Oh right, yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. But I think he just had staff. It wasn't MRSA. Yeah, uh, but um, yeah, I'm concerned. Like this is something that I, I've seen a bit of lately, and and the more guys are going around and traveling from you know here and there, and you know uh, picking this up and maybe even spreading it before you even know you have it. Mm-hmm. You know. Um, so, yeah, it's good they took him out of this. It, obviously, it's not uh, ideal, and I think they did the best thing they could have. I mean, as far as replacements go, like, of all people out there, like, I think Pac is, you know. Yeah. Considering the history with him and AEW, yeah. recent history, like, makes sense to me. Yeah, this is going to be a hell glad of a match. S- glad to see him coming back in the, in the, in the AEW picture. Mm-hmm. 
like wrestling business wise I think actually like this match is it's a pro because not only does it can Pac wrestle you know the Kenny Omega style you know a lot more similar so they can have a really strong match for the show but now when John Moxley is healthy and can come back they can build the John Moxley Kenny Omega feud yeah. even bigger now on TV and make it maybe yeah. a lot more hotter than it would have been just put in yeah. on on all out so I'm wondering if this is going to affect the buy rate at all and you know some because I I did see you know some people complaining and right and it wasn't complaining about the replacement just that there was no like it was just an announcement this right. is the replacement but there was no like extra build up to try to kind of build another little story I don't know right yeah totally. um, but I don't know how do you do that in a couple of weeks or a week? Was it a week notice? Something like that, yeah. Maybe a little bit over a week because it's still this coming yeah. weekend. So, you know, this weekend is a week. So yeah. maybe a few, a few a given change, a few extra days. Yeah. I remember a time not too long ago where it would have just gone out there with MRSA. Right. Yeah. Yeah. No, absolutely. But luckily, yeah, like you said, they, they nipped it in the bud, got them replaced. Um, I think honestly, both of these are our dream matches. So it's kind of a, yeah. you know, like you said, an ideal scenario. So I do get it. You know, like it would be great if there was a buildup from Brock right. Kenny. But I mean, this is, you deal with things. And, exactly. And, I mean, this are the circumstances you have to deal with. And I, good for them for actually, you know, reaching out and getting him. And it's like we said, at least there is some sort of history there with Pac and AEW. Yep. So it's not like there's absolutely nothing. It's not like they're going in cold, but it'll be good either way. All right, and then some more AEW news. They recently sent out a press release that Tony Schiavone has signed a multi-year agreement with AEW. And the cool thing is he's also going to be serving as a senior producer for events. And the other cool thing, which I think, is that he's still able to work his other jobs with the University of Georgia, the Baseball Network, and MLW. Oh, good. Yeah, yeah. that'll be great. I like it. I like I. It's just it's a familiar face and a familiar voice, mm-hmm. you know, along with along with JR and... Uh, um, I think it matters. Yeah. I mean, it's. But I think I think it's actually kind of the best of both worlds because it is a familiar voice, but it's one that wrestling fans haven't heard in so yeah. long. So there's that that kind of nostalgia element, you know. Yeah, and I like uh, you know I like X, the thought of Excalibur being in there with that to kind of just you know keep things fresher. I, mean, I, I don't know if I'm putting it right, but yeah, you know, getting that new blood in there. Exactly. Yeah. You know. So. All right. Good for Tony. I'm mm. glad to see Tony uh, uh, back in the in the in the picture in the, in the wrestling industry. And keep him busy with all of those jobs. Yeah, yeah that's a lot. Yeah, <laughs> that'll be good. That's awesome. Mm-hmm. All right, let's go ahead and move into Raw. So maybe some of the key things that we want to talk about. Um, let's go ahead and start it off with Sasha Banks' uh, opening promo on Raw, where she basically talks about her yeah. four-month absence. She talks about throwing a fit, crying on the floor, taking her ball home, not caring about her WrestleMania match, and basically saying that the belts, the tag team women's belts, meant less. Not less. Like I must have missed that part. Yeah, she said that they that she was in a match for WrestleMania and that she thought the women's tag team belts meant less. Well, she she said she was defending belts that she didn't care about. Huh. Yeah. 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 Huh. I Which, wonder how that plays into like creatively. Like I'm, I don't get that part, but right. like everything else, I understand. Yeah. Uh, 
Um, it's funny that she would mention that, you know, take your ball and go home thing and like crying on the ground because like there was reports of that. Well, and I think, yeah, I think that's what they wanted is just to like shut everyone up, just to go ahead and address it, you know, and, and just use it as, as ammunition basically. If that, I mean, if it really happened. Right. So, uh, I, I'm not a fan of playing entrance music when you're running out to attack somebody. Right. What the fuck? Come on. Because it gives the element of, though, this was, we were just waiting for it to happen instead oh, yeah. of like, no, I'm going to go kick snapped. this bitch's ass, but let play my music my first. Music. <laughs> right. But you know what? I will say this. I really do like Sasha's new attitude of this, like, bad girl. And she even went on to say, like, I am the standard for this women's division. And I do kind of like that edginess that she brought to it. Yeah. That, well, that's the thing. Sure. When when she was at when she was in, in NXT and then her and Bailey were putting on legit match of the year candidates, you know, she was doing her best work as a heel. The boss character is yeah. is a natural heel character. Yeah. And so I think it's it's long overdue. All right, and I know, do you want to talk about the Drew McIntyre-Ricochet match? Yeah. Any thoughts on that? Um, I thought the right person went over. Mm-hmm. Eh, actually, you know what? I mean, my choice did, but I think uh, like, I would like to see either one of those guys as King of the Ring. I think they both of them would be good for different reasons. Right. I thought they had a really good match. Um, mm, I was... I'm mean, who's gonna win it? The the whole tournament? Yeah. That's a good question. I'd like to see Ricochet win it. He's yeah. my he's my he's my choice. Mm-hmm. You guys think uh anybody else? I'm I think might what be, what what I was choice. thinking might have might have been Samoa Joe. Uh, maybe yep. kind of get him some some goodwill. Yep. I think that he's he's such a reliable player for them. They keep putting him in these high profile matches, yeah. but they put him in situations where he can't win. And so I'm hoping that this is something that can kind of generate him some of that goodwill. And I feel like Samoa Joe hasn't had that key moment yet. Exactly. Where like okay, now this there is some serious focus on this yeah. guy. I feel like he's always you know how they always say like always the bridesmaid, never the bride. Right. That sort of deal. I feel like that's what we're getting. Exactly. That's Samoa what I mean. Joe. Yeah. Uh. So yeah. so it'll be interesting. I mean, I would also love to see Andrade go go at least go to the finals. Yeah. I mean, a finals with Andrade and Ricochet would be out of this world for sure. sure. Yeah. Oh shit. Um I just had a thought. <laughs> People are used to me having thoughts on this show. <laughs> <laughs> no. uh, uh yeah. Some do you want to talk about some other key moments? Uh, so Seth has officially accepted Braun's challenge uh, for WWE Clash of yeah. Champions. So they're essentially having uh, two matches now because they're both tag team champions, and now they're having this match against one another. How do we like this chemistry? Mm-hmm. I kind of like it. Yeah, and obviously the people do because did you see the reaction they got when they won? Yeah. yeah. The title? That was a, that was a huge reaction, mm-hmm. right? You know, um, yeah. Uh, it's interesting. I'm just waiting to see where it goes because, for me, um, I was happy to see those tag team championships on Anderson and Gallows, and uh, I would have liked to have seen it. You know, stay with those guys for a minute. Right, right. You it know? seems like they're kind of being hobbited yeah. around a little yeah. bit. Um, yeah, but it- if they have this long term plan where this makes sense, then I'm all like. I, I don't want to get too judgmental and go, oh, why'd you take it off those guys and put it on right, them? They don't right. need it. Well, if it makes sense in the long term, like sometimes when you just 
step back and just see how things play out before we start just criticizing. Sure. Well, let's, on, it's just bullshit. Right? Well, we can we can use that as a segue to talk about the tag team turmoil match and kind of the we've got new number one contenders in Robert Roode and Dolph Ziggler. Yeah. Um, not only that, but they went over clean several other teams in that match, maybe three or four other teams. Uh, so it's interesting that this is a new team, never team before. Kind of getting hot shot into this this tag title match. It feels like it. Yeah, it yeah, feels yeah. hot shot. It feels uh, like they were just thrown together. They're both good, really good. Yeah, you know, and complement each other. Yeah. yeah, wow. The stuff that they were doing in that match was was really good with heavy machinery and and with everyone else that they were they were working with. Um, so it'll be interesting to see how they work how they work against uh, Braun and, and Seth for sure. All right. Any other thoughts on Raw? Any other moments you guys want to talk about? I would say that those were pretty much some of the biggest highlights in terms of the show. Uh, we did have a new Firefly Fun Funhouse segment, yeah. which was fun. I yeah. like where he was uh, where uh, he was spelling out sociopath, sociopath. and he's right. like making it seem like very well, obviously very kid like, but at the same time he's teaching them a word that maybe kids should well, know. I think, it was hilarious. Well, and and that was really more just a compilation of everything that we had seen before. But I think to that point, I think that's that's a positive. I think. Keeping the fiend off TV unless it's absolutely necessary is the right way to go. You yeah, know? You know, over, don't overexpose the fiend, everyone. Right. right. But I did see some people on Twitter. You know, there's always those people that are that you don't agree with on Twitter. But I uh, did see people on Twitter that were upset that you know that they want to see him on every show. Well, here's here's what I what I enjoy. Someone on on Reddit had a really good, a really interesting point that. Bray's found a way to be his own manager at this point. He's he's playing this monster that never speaks. He's his he, own mouthpiece. Yeah, he's his own yeah. mouthpiece. That's so fascinating to me. And yeah. he's he's so good at both in such different ways. Mm. Yeah, my girlfriend really, and you know, um, and the only reason I bring this up is because she's a writer, um, very successful one, and and so she knows her shit when it comes to this type of stuff. She really enjoyed that segment. Yeah, yeah, that's awesome. What yeah. was it about it? That she she just said that. Just by watching that, she gets exactly what his character is all about. So yeah, definitely. Yes. That makes sense, and especially like sometimes like you don't even really know. Like you're like, wait, is this guy a heel? Is a fan? Okay, but why? You know, right. like we've had that argument in the past about other, you know, other people. As even well. if you have never seen it before, and you just turn tune in to the one last night, like yeah, you you kind of figure out what's going on there, and you know what it's about. So definitely. All right. Do you want to wrap up raw and jump into our second, our next segment? Yeah, yeah. Let's do it. <laughs> All right. So our last segment for today, we're going to be talking about your 1995 match at SummerSlam versus Hakushi. Yeah. Hakushi defeated you, the one, two, three kid. Tell us a little bit about this match, and and it was August 27, 1995. So we're talking yeah. about like 24 years now since it's been that match. Let's refresh a little bit and, you know, sort of talk about your feelings going into this. Uh, well, I'd, I had worked with Hakushi. Matter of fact, as far as anyone in WWF at the time, I was the first one to ever work with, with him when he was Jinsei Shinzaki. Mm-hmm. When we, we, we had this tour of Japan in 1994, and it was kind of like in conjunction with Tenru's group. I mean, we used their ring and everything like that. And that was actually part of the problem. Like, you go there with the WWF tour, and it just looks like WWF guys on a Japanese show. Right. It's a Japanese ring, and, you know, they have a Japanese ring announcer. When you go to Japan with WWF, 
have WWE show, the Japanese people, they want to see what they see on TV. Mm-hmm. Uh, they want to see Howard Finkel. They want to see the fucking ring with the red, white, and blue ropes, which is what WWE's ring was at the time. Uh, all of that, right? Uh, so anyways, the tour had a few issues. Um, but I don't know why I had to go into all that. You know me. <laughs> uh, but what I was getting at is I I just I had a match with, with, uh, with Shinzaki, mm-hmm. and we kind of killed it, actually. Finish got screwed up, but like everything leading up to it. I mean, the finish wasn't... Awful, but mm. there was a little botch. Uh, but it was enough for people like in the company to go, "Holy shit, we got something with this guy!" And before the tour was over, he was working with Undertaker, oh, and wow. Wally Yamaguchi was coming out with a a hat like Undertaker's head, like 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 it was, you know, he yeah. had his head chopped off, and it was it was anyways kind of crazy. Uh, so all that being said. Like I had other matches with, with him before we had that SummerSlam match, but that was the idea. Like they put that, they put us in that match in that spot, and it wasn't the first match on the show, mm-hmm. but it was one of the early matches that helped set the pace for the rest of the show. Um, I think, I think the first match on the show was actually Hunter's very first pay per view. Oh wow! Yeah, I think he worked with. Like, no, I know he worked with Bob Holly, mm-hmm. and I'm pretty sure that was the opening match. But I'm don't sure. You know, no. Um, but well, that was a good one too. It's just yeah. you know uh, we, you know, um, I, but I lost. Right. You know, well, you, it was really hard for me to pull up. You know, <laughs> you talked about the pacing. Uh, you talked about like how it set the pace. And one thing I noticed going back and rewatching this is that. It was so ahead of its time and so kind of fast paced for that that era. Mm, well, it seemed like actually, like there was, we did some things that were fast and like we were athletic and there was sudden. But if you actually watched the pacing of that match, it was actually slow. Okay, um, it just seemed like it because uh, the things we would do were fast. Yeah, it's yeah. just the pacing was slow, and that's like something that. That I think was really good about that match because mm-hmm. everyone could digest everything. We would do something, give it time to breathe. Right, yeah. Do something again, give it time to breathe. Then we go into the heat, you know, all that. And uh, so even though he was a heel and the people were with me, uh, he didn't do a ton of heelish stuff. He's right? busting out flying space tiger drops in 1995. Sure. <laughs> yeah. And, you know, he hit me with a Bronco Buster before I was, was going to ask about that. You know, I, I'm pretty sure people know now that's where I got it from because I've said it a billion times uh-huh. for people in the back that haven't been listening. <laughs> um, was there any sort of a language barrier between you guys working together? A little bit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. But, you know, nothing major. It was, I, just the same that you know I would have to deal with, right? When, you know, like going on J- Japan tour, and I mean, he actually had a little. He spoke wrestling English, right? Wrestling—that's such a fascinating <laughs> concept to me. Using that and using kind of body language, yeah. putting together spots that that with people that don't necessarily speak your language. Mm-hmm. And you know, we did some cool things that you would never see at the time, and uh, things that you know I got from you know all my travels around the world. Uh, right. Actually, stole some of it, like right from like Tiger Mask matches, <laughs> things like that. You know. Yeah. Do you 
think he came a few years, you know, before because considering that he was wrestling like this different style that maybe we weren't really seeing that often and maybe weren't really introduced to it in, in the U.S. until, you know, Luchador started coming to ECW. So do you think he was a few years before his time? Uh, yeah. I mean, yeah, I guess. Mm-hmm. It's just... I mean, he was he was a huge name in Japan, but yeah, it makes me wasn't wonder. a huge name, but he was very like he was it wasn't huge, yeah, because he wasn't like in New Japan sure. or whatever. But like in the wrestling industry over there, you know, he was yeah, yeah, he was yeah. up and coming, and you know, they knew you know the real wrestling fans in Japan knew. Yeah, uh, one of the things that that jumped out at me again, going back and and watching this is how. How kind of out of nowhere the finish the finish sort of came. Yeah. It's, you go for this spinning heel kick and just immediately he he turns it into this power kind of bomb. a power bomb like a one arm power exactly. Bomb, right? And yeah. I love those days where that one two three could come from from anything. Yeah. Was that something you guys had had kind of uh, meant meant to sort of yeah do yeah yeah that's kind of how I like to do finishes and matches like that because mm-hmm. you know? he was using he was using the diving headbutt yeah. he was using the power bomb but. But yeah, that was such an interesting way to go into it. Yeah, but I mean, if I went back and really like dissected it, there might have been some things I would have done different, knowing mm-hmm. what I know now. But like, yeah, um, and people, uh, people appreciated the match. I don't know if you watch a reaction, you know, um, the crowd was hot. Yeah, yeah, and they just appreciated the quality of the match and the, mm-hmm. and you know how hard we worked and uh, oh, okay, and there's a replay, yeah, so. But yeah. Yeah, I got all my shit in and he beat me. <laughs> <laughs> At the end of the day, yeah. yeah so it's yeah. about. <laughs> well, I mean, because other. Getting ready. Like, he had matches with Brad after this. It was right. Like, they, you know, they used him for some for some other things after that. So. Yeah, definitely. Uh, how was it kind of integrating your guys' sort of. Uh, did he have a, a martial arts background before he got into you know, pro wrestling? I have no idea. <laughs> Sometimes I. Uh, I mean, I imagine, right? Right. I imagine he might have, because mm-hmm. I mean, because his technique was pretty good. So yeah, you know, but uh, yeah, really a lot of us, stuff. you know, a lot of us have like green belts in Taekwondo or took some karate classes and <laughs> or whatever. Sure. You know? um, but yeah, definitely for for anyone watching or listening, go back to to the network, rewatch that SummerSlam '95, such good stuff. Well, and. You know, this is also the show where they had the second ladder match between Razor Ramona and Heartbreak Kid Shawn Michaels. Yeah, absolutely. And uh, um, this has been talked about, but I'll mention it on here. Um, you know, uh, Shawn, Scott, um, you know, all of us, we got together and helped put that match together too, right? Okay. Like we got together, we watched tapes of the first one, and then um, also there were some... There were some restrictions placed on that match. Like you, te- you weren't allowed to use the ladder as a weapon. Oh wow! Even though they still managed to <laughs> fit it in there somehow. Right. Uh, but things like that. So there was, you know, a lot of people had no idea they went into that match uh, with handcuffs on, mm-hmm. and it, it's the match. I mean, it's it got really good reviews. It was an excellent match, and. Uh, um, yeah, some people even liked it better than the first one. Yeah, I I had always liked it more growing up. Maybe yeah. yeah, but do you think those restrictions were imposed because they thought maybe the WrestleMania ten match was too dangerous? No, no. There was just the climate at the time. 
for us as far as on TV, I like see. everyone, like all eyes on us, like, you know, too violent, this and that, you know. There was just a lot of... Uh, WWE was under a lot of scrutiny at the time for a lot of reasons. Mm-hmm. So, yeah, that was it. Um, oh, God, I can't remember what the other things like that we weren't allowed to do at that point. And some of them made sense and some didn't. Right, exactly. Oh. But also on that show, oh, I think that was, was it Brett versus Isaac Yankum? SummerSlam 95, I think. Yeah, I think. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Yeah, and, uh, and King Mabel versus Diesel. I remember that one. Yeah, and um, the, the big thing with that match was Mabel wanting to drop the, like he did this thing where he dropped his ass on people. And just complete dead weight. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And Kevin specifically told him, absolutely under no fucking circumstances right. do that to me. Right. And he fucking did it anyhow, and he almost killed Kev. Almost just fucking crippled him. Right. And, like, they were going to fire him, and Kev was like, no, don't. Like, don't fire him. Oh, wow. Like, honestly, I'd be honest with you. Like, when you do something like that, and I love Mabe. I love I loved this. Uh, but that was fucking bullshit. It was selfish. And it, you know, it really, it really hurt Kev. I mean, it fucked him up. And so that is something that you should get fired for. Sure. Honestly. Yeah, when um, you're when you're that big with yeah. that sort of sort of dead weight kind of sheer oh my drop. God. Like, yeah. I mean, fucked him up. I don't understand how he thought that like that would be I mean he's five hundred fucking pounds. Right. So um yeah. So yeah, a lot of anyway, yeah, point being a lot of good stuff to go back and watch yeah. on, on SummerSlam ninety five. And I really loved that the the venue. It's not there anymore. The Civic Arena in Pittsburgh. Yeah. It was really cool. Like there's another building in its place. Well, it's actually in the parking lot. But um the cool thing about that venue was um the roof opened up. Oh wow. Yeah. So like you like at one time we ran a show there and the big selling point was like in the summertime and after the show they opened the well, actually, they had the the roof open the whole time, I think. And after the show, they had fireworks. Oh, cool! It was kind of cool. Yeah, yes. yeah. How does uh, it feel like w- going back and watching some of your old matches, and like knowing like how much time has gone by? Wow, just think, yeah, because I think about that now. Like when I go back and watch old stuff, because you know I was doing that ten years ago, watching old stuff, but it was on it was on. You know, it right. was only a few years less time years old at the time. Yeah. Right yeah. now, it's like, ooh, <laughs> wow! And it, the lot, you know, like the the long, the, the older I get, like the faster time seems to go. Yeah, right. Like, uh, hmm. yeah. I had I had read somewhere that that kind of scientifically, because as you get older. A year represents less and Absolutely. less of your life. Yeah. I was trying to figure out how to say that. Yeah. <laughs> My brain is scrambled so it, today. It makes sense for sure. It yeah. just keeps going faster. Yeah. yeah. Yep. So, I, there's other things I want to talk about. Yeah. But I just can't because I don't want to jinx them. But I have some really cool things going on, and even if they don't end up happening, it's still like cool as shit. Exactly. Uh, yeah. Just put I'm that positive up. energy out yeah. there. Yeah. I'm even up for some of this stuff. Yeah. So there we go. All right. Anything else we want? To, you guys Are got you, anything else? How's how's everything in your area with the Eagle Rock fire? I oh, saw you know your about tweet. That, right? yeah, I saw your tweet and all of that. I think I they were it. under control. Like on the way here, I could see all the 
hillside burnt and everything that was yeah that so, was literally the, right down the street are the flames still happening or no. has that been contained no, already there might still be some because i smell you know i smelt something mm. on the way uh so i know people were something like fire like you know like what was that smell i'm trying to figure out what i thought that smell was Anyways, it was weird, but yeah, that's still going on. Yeah. People are like, who gives a fuck? Right <laughs> it's now. A fire, but luckily, though. yeah, no, no one had to be evacuated. No, or anything, I thought that I they think. did, though. Oh, did they? Yeah, they were did. being evacuated. Okay, yeah. Yeah. That's scary. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Super scary. And then, so I just stood outside, and like, from the, like, there's a deck at the house, and like, you can look down and see, like, Figueroa Street and Colorado, Colorado Boulevard. And, like, when they shut the, oh my God. This story's got like who gives a fuck about this story? <laughs> oh my god! I was just gonna say I'm just sitting and watching traffic honking at each other and you know arguing, getting in fights over. Right, right. But oh, luckily, you god. guys are you guys yeah, are good. just fine. Yeah, yeah. Huh. Bless everyone's heart for tuning in today. <laughs> <laughs> I love all y'all. Oh shit. Yeah, that's it. You want to wrap it up? Let's go ahead and give some handles and all of that. So, guys, do not forget youtube.com slash xbox. Make sure to check out check out the Twitter, Facebook, Instagram, xbox12360, and xbox12360show for clips and so much more. And you guys can find me on Twitter and on Instagram at underscore Denise Salcedo. Uh, y'all can find me on Twitter and Instagram at Ty Matthews PMA. At the Real XPOC on Twitter, at Real XPOC on Instagram. Um, there's other. Did you already say the other ones? Yeah, the show yeah. ones. Yeah. Yeah. All right. We'll see you right here next week from AfterBuzz TV Studios in North Hollywood, California. From executive producers Maria Menounos, Kevin Undergaro, Sean Waltman, and the entire X Pac One Two Three Sixty staff. Thank you for tuning in to X Pac One Two Three Sixty.